college football playoff rankings. Good evening. Welcome into the latest college football news podcast. Here to recap them all, recap the weekend that was, and look ahead to what might be happening this weekend in the great game of college football. It's Nick Shepkowski and Pete Futek, as always, on the College Football News Podcast. What's up, Pete? Uh, Alabama still, they're still up there in the rankings. They still like them. They still think they're good at this football thing. And we'll see. I mean, there's so much stuff that has to happen. I know it's the boring thing to say, oh, it's all going to work out. But we know how this is going to kind of work out. And it really, I think, depends on how much does Alabama beat Auburn by if it actually beats Auburn. Because if it blows out the Tigers on the road, I think they get in. I just do. I think they're going to find a way to get this team in this thing. It's they're definitely in the conversation. There's no doubt about that part of it. I I told you last week what my thoughts were on it, and it should be to me, you should almost have these quarterfinals games, these second round type games as the season goes on. And I thought LSU Alabama was one of those of the loser is eliminated. You're losing a game. You're not winning your own division. You're out of the conversation. It's not the way it goes. I don't agree with that, but if I'm not going to win that battle, then so be it. With the circumstances that they are, then Alabama being five last week, just because Tua Tungo Viola goes down doesn't mean that they should be bumped down or, oh, yeah, well, Alabama's not good anymore. I Look back to 2014. Tell me what happened to Ohio State after they lost quarterback after quarterback after quarterback. I think they went on and did something somewhat okay that season. The one difference there, though, is they annihilated uh, Wisconsin 59 nothing. So they kind of took that off the table, the the whole con- the third-string quarterback concern, by just obliterating uh, the Badgers. So, and that's kind of that's where the bar is sort of set. If Alabama comes out and just steamrolls Auburn, then I think that's it. That, that, what more do you need to see? I mean, they're the they're one of the four best teams in college football. They they are even with or without two. And Mac Jones isn't just some guy they just dragged out of psych class. I mean, he's an Alabama recruited player. He's good at college football. It's going to be okay. Now, the defense has issues with, you know, they've got some uh, bangs and bumps and bruises, and this is not the Alabama defense of the last few years. However, uh, that offense is still strong, and they get give Bama the break from the gods again because, remember, when Tua hurt his ankle, they had the warm-up game against Arkansas just to get Mac Jones ready, and now look what they got. They You get Western Carolina. You get a light scrimmage to get the new guy up to speed in time for Auburn. So if there's a silver lining on the, the whole Tua disaster, it's that it happened then, and now Jones is going to be ready to fly for the biggest game of the year. Yeah, he definitely, well, is it, it's not the biggest game of the year for Alabama. The biggest game of the year and, was well, a couple now weeks it ago. Is, but, but yeah, it's the biggest yeah, remaining now game. Now it is. It's just, for what it goes back to to me, it's it's it shouldn't be, that shouldn't be the conversation. But if that's going to be the case, if you're not eliminated for not winning your division, then Alabama, there's no reason for me to see them punished. I think that Ohio State is an example, even if uh, they're not going to have a team like Wisconsin to blow out on their schedule. Will this, this Alabama team, if they go into Auburn, and they take care of business, surely they're in the conversation. But I just hate this idea of, oh, well, if two is not there, they can't be as good. Hey, if there's any team that can survive a hit of a starting quarterback that's probably was set to be the first or second overall pick going into next year's draft before the injury, if there's any team built to survive that, it's Alabama. If there's it's any a factor, team... though, because let's say, let's say Alabama beats Auburn and Mac Jones goes 10 of 26 with two picks. At that point, yeah, it's, that's a factor. That then you got to kind of look at this and say, wait, we're going to put in this team with this dude, and we're going to leave out even the number one quarterback taken in the draft if it's Justin Herbert. You know, it's that that would be that would play into this whole thing. I, the the cold committee process it's still so ridiculous. Like, look, it, literally, as we are in the process in our government of having wall-to-wall coverage of a possible impeachment of a president with the cameras on, we can't get a camera in the room to f- figure out what they're doing with this dumb college football playoff thing. Like, it's insane that they're hiding behind something here, that they just refuse to, to know what they're thinking. I don't know why they're so afraid. And then we get the spin from Chairman Mullins when he comes out, and he just says all this stuff about nothing and just... Uh, head-to-head doesn't really matter, and, oh, we wanted to see what Alabama was going to do after Tua got hurt, and just 
on and on and on. Just all this stuff. It's like, well, no, I want to I want to know exactly where the arguments were to find out what you guys actually believe and where these teams should be ranked, at least according to your thought process process right now. But we don't get that because we cannot get something like a dumb camera in the room, which, by the way, would get like the most gargantuan ratings of anything college related, college sports related of the entire year. Yeah. And it's I, I hate that part of it. The head-to-head stuff, the, that conversation that was had on the college football playoff ranking show this evening, it's why play the stinking games? Like, why even take anything from Alabama and LSU if the head-to-head doesn't matter? Say, for instance— Well, we take common opponents into this, and we're looking into schedules. Like, say, for yeah, instance, then— Minnesota beat Penn State. right. Minnesota beat Penn State. Their win over Penn State is as impressive as win as probably anyone short of LSU has. Anyone short of I it's Well, I guess right now almost, technically uh, the best wins would be South Carolina over Georgia and uh, Right, LSU but teams in contention, Alabama, teams that are like in the top it's 10. Right, but it's right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's definitely one of the it's te- technically it's one of the what four wins so far comparing with the rankings of where they are so yeah it's, it's just all ridiculous but uh, the thing about that the, the specific though is minnesota still controls its own destiny you know so there are a handful of teams we still know that uh, lsu uh, ohio state clemson control their own destiny so does penn state so does minnesota um and that's it right and who else is there that would control its world um and georgia um, but everyone else is going to have to win out and need a little bit of help. So if you're the Gophers and okay, this sucks. We're ranked 10th. All right. Well, when you're when, when beat Northwestern, beat Wisconsin, beat Ohio state, and you're in the college football playoff. Yeah. All of that still sits ahead. I mean, that's what happens when you lose to South Carolina. That's what happens when you lose on the road to Iowa this week, you take yourself out. You no longer have that wiggle room. At least you have to win out and there's no ifs and buts ors about it of you having a chance at the college football playoff. But that was maddening to me seeing Minnesota ranked behind Penn state. Okay. Penn state, congratulations. You beat Michigan and you look damn good doing it a couple of weeks ago. But you lost head-to-head to Minnesota, and you can say all you want about Minnesota's out-of-conference schedule, and you're right about it. It's not it's not one that's incredibly intimidating. Fresno State on there. Was it South Dakota on there? Uh, but they actually played each other. We watched it on TV. You watched the game. Like, I saw that. I watched it. It was an 11 a.m. kickoff, and P.J. Fleck was running up and down the field and celebrating, and everyone was rowing the boat in the whole state of Minnesota. I watched it with my own two eyes, and now the college football playoff committee comes out on Tuesday night and pretty much tells me, ah, what you saw doesn't matter. Erase that from your memory. Penn State's a better football team than Minnesota, even if they lost head-to-head to them, and they have the same amount of losses on the year. It's still the problem that we still don't know. And again, I'm going back to the whining about the camera thing in that we still don't know exactly what they're doing other than saying, eh, we think these teams are good here. And it would, I'd be fine if they just said, you know what, at the end of the day, we think this team is better. I know we, the head to head Minnesota beat Penn state, but they're, both have tied records, and Iowa and Penn State did beat Iowa at Iowa, and it was a loss on the road. And you know what? We just think Penn State's the better team. All right, well, that's your criteria, but it's just not the way this thing kind of works. That's Pete Futek. I'm Nick Shepkowski. It's the College Football News Podcast. Coming up here in a little bit, Chris Felica, the bear from College Game Day, the man, the master of all of the picks on College Game Day is going to join us. We'll not just talk to him about uh, his picks or any of that for this week, but some big-picture ones with him. If he's making the college football playoff, if he's filling out his best four teams, who are they, why, and ultimately who are going to be those four teams that are playing to battle out for a national championship. We'll get into all of that with him and probably have some conversation about some of the specials that he's been a part of, too, on ESPN, celebrating 150 years of college football. Some of the panels that he's been on on some of those discussions should be fun coming up with him here in a little bit. What did Oklahoma do? What did the Big 12 do to the college football committee, the playoff committee, to tick them off? Because there is no love to be found whatsoever if you are part of the Big 12 conference. Where's the win? I Oklahoma beating Baylor doesn't count as one? No, because that's in conference. Where's Still. The win? Last year, no, where's Penn, because like, where's, don't have, where's Penn State's big win out of conference? Pitt? Well, they did beat, I guess. It's something. 
I mean, it's it's not Oklahoma's fault that UCLA sucks and that Houston sucks. And it, but the part of the problem is last year Oklahoma beat. It wasn't last year. It was two years ago when Oklahoma Baker Mayfield went and beat Ohio State. Mm-hmm. You know, so you had that kind of thing that kind of put up. I can't. I'm blanking on who they beat last year. I know they blew out UCLA with Kyler Murray. I think they played someone else, and I'm completely whiffing. Uh, but last year, at least beating Texas meant a little bit something more. You know, this year Texas kind of stinks. You know, Baylor didn't play anybody. Its big win was TCU, so big whoop. They saw you beat Baylor, yippee-doo. You know, so where is the Big 12's big giant win? I mean, this couldn't get the job done against LSU at home. No shame there because they played great, but still, that's a loss. Uh, so you know, was it Kansas State at Mississippi State? Is that, you know, that your big one? So the, the conference just does not have that victory. The other part about this uh, twofold for Oklahoma the first is that they've only beaten a couple teams that are going to go bowling. I mean, they beat Texas, they barely beat Iowa State, and they beat Baylor, but all three of those teams are in conference, and they haven't really beaten anybody. And the other part is it took a tipped pass on a two-point conversion to get by Iowa State. It took a massive, epic, historic comeback to get by Baylor. It's just not quite as impressive. Uh, with, with that said, though, get there 12-1 and with a Power 5 Conference Championship, and if you don't get in, then there's a new precedent being set by the College Football Playoff Committee. Well, that's that's the problem that I have with it, is, okay, if Oklahoma goes and beats Baylor twice, and I get it, Baylor schedules, no, no good, no great shakes whatsoever. They play their probably two toughest Big 12 games right in a row. Last week against Oklahoma, where they cough up the 28-3 lead, and there's Texas waiting for them. Which, so, if only week. someone had predicted that on Twitter and put it out there, and just said that Oklahoma was going to come back and win. Maybe we could have saved time and not have to watch the end of that. I don't know who that might have been. Yeah, I know. I don't know what I can't stand more. I can't. If if my wife tells me something, oh yeah, this isn't working. Yeah, this is broken. You need to fix this. You need to fix this. And I put it off, put it off, put it off, and then it becomes like the end of the world and the basement entirely floods because I put something off. And she's ultimately right about it. I don't know if I can't stand that more, or if I can't stand when uh, on a Saturday night I'm just sitting trying to enjoy. An adult beverage or two, watch some college football, and I have to be reminded of Pete Futek ruining my dreams and uh, completely calling Jalen Hurts and Oklahoma's comeback went down 28 to 3. I can't change the future. I can only see it. So don't blame me for my gift. I just, I, I knew that Oklahoma was going to come back and say, I just, I didn't want to ruin it for the rest of America, but I decided just to do it. And okay. I saw it. I knew it was coming. That was, that was, that was a no brainer that they were coming back. And a no brainer. No yeah. Question. 28 to three, a no brainer against the only team in the big 12 that usually, usually plays much defense whatsoever. But uh, that was a, that was a shocker. Nonetheless, an exciting one Two unbeatens go down last week with Baylor falling at home, Minnesota falling on the road at Iowa as well. But yeah, either of them win out. Minnesota's probably still going to control their own destiny and probably gets into the playoff. Baylor don't feel. Oh, absolutely. S- no, let's 12, 12 and one big 10 champion is without a doubt in the college football playoff, no matter what, except the only way that that might not happen. And there would be a whole lot of screaming and howling is if Penn State beats Ohio State like in overtime and Minnesota goes on and beats Penn and beats wins out and goes 12 and 1 and beats Penn State again and the committee th- decides you know what we we're just going to put Ohio State in that would just be absolutely epically bad i don't think it would happen but that's the only way Minnesota would not get in this thing yeah that yes if Ohio State wasn't as quality of win you're probably right there but again I, I wouldn't put anything past this committee because they're the ones that just told me that the game that I watched no less than two weeks ago, no more than two weeks ago, between Oak, or between Minnesota and Penn State, they pretty much told me that it didn't matter whatsoever. So I wouldn't put past anything in terms of them uh, messing things up and doing something that's completely illogical on all of that. It's Nick Shepkowski, Pete Futek, the College Football News Podcast as we're recapping and reacting to the new college football playoff rankings that are freshly out here on Tuesday night and trying to figure out what they mean, who's the biggest winners, who's the biggest losers in all of that. The weekend that was Oklahoma-Baylor, you called that when it was 28-3. to I tip my cap to you. Even though I don't like to do it, I have to do it in that case. What other great? No, you, don't. you don't have to tip it. You just have to acknowledge that when That's I what I'm am doing. about these. I'm not going to like wave That's my cap at you. I'm not going to you know, stop it's, traffic. It's, just, and... it's like saying the sun's going to rise tomorrow. You just—it's just a given. So we, it's it's all right. We're good. Okay. 
So what else is the takeaways? What else had the big impact? Obviously, Tua's injury did on Alabama. We covered that a bit. Was there anything Pac-12 wise? USC jumps into the ratings this week. They sneak in at 23. Does that help the case for Oregon a little bit more? Because Oregon's knocking on the door for a potential college football playoff berth, and all of a sudden they beat a team that's now the 23rd best in the country instead of the 27th best in the country. Does that do yeah. them any favor, like sure. Utah? Doesn't hurt, you know, so that, that helps the overall cause to the Pac-12. And look for the example, like, the there's no other ACC team ranked other than Clemson in the top 25. So if Clemson were to lose, where's the thing to fall back on to say, now Virginia Tech should be ranked, but they're not. Uh, so where's that win for Clemson that's looking all that great at this moment? So uh, it, it's, it matters. It's going to be a thing when they're saying, well, they did beat a couple, you know, they did beat, you know, Beat uh, you know they they you know the Utah loss to USC isn't that bad because it's a ranked team now. so at least it makes it look a little bit better. To, uh, kind of a tangent on this is that the thing that we're not talking about that kind of gets overshadowed when it comes to the college football playoff rankings is the whole New Year's Six thing because the college football playoff rankings also determine who the teams are in the biggest of the big bowl games, and as it's looking right now. You're going to get, obviously, LSU's going to the college football playoff or a New Year's Six game. Same with Georgia, same with Alabama. And Florida being ranked 11th is probably going to move up at least two or three spots before the end of the season. That's good. So you're going to have four SEC teams in New Year's Six slash college football playoff games. If you don't have a Missouri getting an NCAA break because they're on NCAA sanctions, let's say Mississippi State loses to Ole Miss. Let's say Tennessee. Well, maybe Tennessee's probably going to give it. Even so, there's going to be like four or five open bowl slots that SEC teams can't fill that are going to – there's just not going to be any teams, any like power five teams to fill them. This is, there's going to be some historically miserable bowl matchups just because the SEC is going to get so many teams into the big games. Yeah, they're going to be sitting there loaded in the t- in the New Year's Six Bowls. It's just weird affiliations with it, too, because what ends up happening with the Orange Bowl, for instance, is that Clemson gets into the college football playoff, and then does an ACC team, even if they're unranked, is there going to be a Virginia Tech yes, team you have to, that you ends have to up put going to the Orange in. Bowl and taking on an SEC yes. team that just beats them in the head for four hours? No, because what happens is the SEC team that gets there is pissed off that they are in that game and they're not in the college football playoff, and they kind of don't show up. And then Virginia Tech wins, you know, twenty-eight to three, and then all offseason we're like, oh, the ACC's good. Uh, went over some bowl game when half the half the guys on the other SEC team skip it so they can stay healthy for the NFL draft. And so we know how that kind of rolls. But that's it's just it's a bad quirk. But yes, absolutely, they uh, they have to take an ACC team. They can't take Notre Dame. Uh, in that mix, uh, you have to have a, a Big Ten, Pac-12 matchup no matter what in the Rose Bowl. Uh, you have to have um, Sugar's got to be SEC versus Big 12. You know, so they, it's got these. Ties. So you know, the Group of Five uh, champ, the top Group of Five champ, is going to end up in the Cotton Bowl, and then it's a question of who it's going to be against. Probably Florida at the end of the day. That's what it's looking like here, and um, I know, right? Like. Yeah. I just I hate you know the... who's actually you get screwed more than anybody else the American Athletic Conference you, there's these because Memphis and Cincinnati have to play each other at the end of the year and they probably are going to play each other again in the AAC championship game and if they split game. then they screw themselves exactly and Boise State slips in or Appalachian State and then you want to look at bad bowl ties the American Athletic Conference gets like the Sun Belt or the MAC they, they there's like nothing there uh, to really get excited about if you're an american athletic conference team they play nothing when it comes to these bowl games yeah nothing comes from that and it's it would stink to go from okay you're going to dallas you're going to play in the cotton bowl one of the biggest ones most historic bowl games there is and okay enjoy your coastal carolina uh, the independence bowl or whatever the heck it might be that they're affiliated with but that's I, I don't know. I not exactly like I liked the I didn't like the BCS, I shouldn't say. But I liked the way at least those games they felt like there was a certain bigness. Okay, you're going to a BCS bowl. And I you followed this thing as much longer than I have even. Do you feel the same way that there's just not that same kind of connection? There doesn't feel like okay. It's because the college football playoff is all that matters. It's, it's yeah, final because four now you have bust. four teams. 
Yeah, it, it because yeah, because either if you're not in that big four, because they're all the same. And the other kind of part about this too is this, you know, it's a little get off my lawny here, but all the stadiums look the same. So like you kind of can't really tell which one now is the you know, Fiesta, which one's the Cotton, which one. I mean, you can, but uh, they all kind, they're all played in domes. The only one that's not is the Orange Bowl. You know, the Peach Bowl looks like every other. Like they all kind of look very uniform. There's no, there's not. And the Rose Bowl is the only one that you can like. Yeah, I'm watching the Rose Bowl. There's that. That's where there's some cachet to it. And again, it's just the New Year's Six Bowls are also they're played on a day with like a bunch of other bowls too. And they all kind of blend into the same thing. And they're not the college football playoff games. And so they're fun, but it's just not the same. It's it's nice to think that it's a big deal, uh, but they just aren't quite as big as you're right. As the old BCS Bowl days used to matter more because. You know, it meant something to get there. But with that said, if you're Minnesota, like Minnesota people are, you know, delusional. They don't think they're going to win the the Big Ten championship. But the idea of going to the Rose Bowl is huge to them. That would be a massive, massive win. Damn near sixty years. Exactly. So if you're if you're Utah, yeah, you're ticked if you don't get into the college football playoff. But Excuse me. At the end of the day, if you're Utah, you're Minnesota, and you're playing the Rose Bowl, you're pretty jacked up for that. If you're, uh, you know, Cincinnati or a Memphis or an Appalachian State, of course you're going to be fired up for the Cotton Bowl. But if you're Florida or if you're Georgia, it's kind of like, eh, all right, all right, let's go. Yeah, you kind of saw that with Georgia last year in the Sugar Bowl. Everyone wanted to declare, hey, Sam Ellinger, even himself, well, Texas is back. Texas is back in there, not exactly. near top 25. With uh, yeah, more like Georgia just didn't show up. Yeah, half their draft picks were uh, standing on the sideline in street clothes. Well, not that's that's the thing, and, I, and that's the thing I always get into big time arguments with like bowl, like college football type people, and it's like, oh, bowl games matter. No, they don't. They just they don't. And like, if you get your heart ripped out like Michigan did. It's just so hard to come back and say, oh, yay, we're going to play in a bowl. You know, when you get destroyed like that, of course they didn't show up against Florida. Georgia was that close to getting in the college football playoff, and then Jalen Hurts came in and did that. All right, fine, we're going to go to a bowl. It doesn't matter. It's just, it's just not the same. Teams just don't get up for them like they do the college football playoff. That's Pete Futek. I'm Nick Shepkowski. Coming up next, we talk to Chris the Bear Felica. You know him as the Bear from College Football or College Game Day. He will share some of his thoughts coming up next with us on the College Football News Podcast. Joining us now, College Football News Podcast. You see him each and every Saturday morning. He's the man behind everything that's successful with College Game Day. He's none other than the Bear himself, Chris Felica, kind enough to join us. What's up, Chris? Thanks for the time. Hey, my, my pleasure. Anytime. Yeah, we're getting down to the uh, final couple of weeks here, and, and as expected uh, tonight, uh, when the rankings came out, and not not a ton of surprises, but uh, the, the the table is certainly set for this weekend and next weekend, and the championship Saturday for, for some things to potentially get shaken up. So, what... so you're in charge of the entire college football playoff world. You get to be the one that's the <laughs> cast the design, deciding vote on everything. At the end, where do you fall? And knowing that we we the criteria is so loose, and it's not it's basically based on what they think. Are you more of a four best team guy? Are you a resume guy, a combination guy, or do you just kind of want to say, you know what, you know, screw it, we're putting Alabama in because it's one of the four best teams? Where do you fall on the the whole theoretical debates that are going on uh, right now? I am on the, the team four best teams with a hint of deserving. I, I guess that would be the best way to say. I like I, I I want the best teams in there, but I do realize there's certain certain times where Maybe one of the best teams. It isn't so clear, and you do need to reward uh, a, a team that potentially played a more difficult schedule and had some quality wins. And um, maybe they wouldn't power rate up to uh, be, be be a favorite, or just any metric wouldn't have them ahead uh, of one of those other teams. But but I, I do think you can incorporate that, and it's certainly going to be interesting because uh, I, I think the committee did it did the right thing. Uh, tonight and keeping Alabama number five because there's no reason to really rush into a decision and say, okay, two is definitely gone now. They're clearly not going to be better than uh, anyone else. Let it play out. See how they do next week at Jordan Hare. See what happens with Oregon and Utah in the Pac-12. But if you need to make that decision uh, between who's better, Alabama without Tua or or Oregon or or, or Utah, then then you can do it then. But I I always err on the side of what what I I determine – 
they, they say they want the four best, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to hold them to best. But uh, I, I do understand those who definitely want a, uh, a resume-deserving type uh, criteria, They're especially the four spot. Well, the part that I like of it is that as flawed as the BCS was, as, especially as flawed as the system before that was, you had essentially elimination games throughout. Alabama-LSU two weeks ago would have been an elimination game for whoever lost it, Alabama in this case. And now it's not Not in 2011 it wasn't. You're right, but also it took a ridiculous day of Oklahoma State losing on a weird, was it Thursday or Friday night at Iowa State? Friday night at Iowa Yeah, it was a strange happening. I still say it was a field goal. (laughs) And It's just one of those of I like the elimination part during the season, and why should LSU also then have to potentially beat Alabama a second time like they did? You're, you're right as soon as you throw it back in my face about 2011. But why should they have to then be held? With, okay, Alabama might be the second best team in the nation. You beat them in your in their house already. Now go and do it again on a neutral field to really prove that you deserve it. It's funny because that, I think, I mean, the committee would never say it or, or, or admit it, but I think that kind of was the reason why Georgia was left out last year. Uh, like, or, or would you really have wanted to pit uh, number four Georgia again uh, after that great SEC championship? I, I think everybody, I shouldn't say everybody, because we, we know people uh, disagree and, and nobody can agree on everything, especially in college football. But, but I do think most people felt at the end of last year that Georgia probably was one of the best four teams in the country, and they certainly had some, some good wins throughout the year. But uh, that, that's where kind of like the, the resume component in and came in and put uh, a conference champion in there ahead of Georgia. Uh, would it have been right for, for Alabama to have to turn around and, and play Georgia again in the semifinal? I don't think there, there, there would have been. So at the end of the day, do we think it's, it would be better if it just, just for the sport in general, if if it came down to a 12-1 Pac-12 champion and it came down to Alabama, let's not, let's take Oregon out of the mix only because the, the argument's going to be well, Oregon lost to Auburn and let's say Alabama beats Auburn, so let's let's say it's Utah that does it. At the end of the day, would it be like you know what? It's just better to give a pack. Let's say you won a Power Five conference champion championship, and let's keep with the precedent. Let's say if you go 12 and one or better, you win your Power Five conference championship, you're going to get in over a team that didn't win its division. We're going to go with Utah and say, all right, Alabama, you're on the side. Even though I personally think Alabama is better, wouldn't that make for kind of a better overall? vibe in the college football world yeah the word better overall vibe the phrase better overall vibe i think sums it up kind of nicely because look you and i we all know that there is an alabama fatigue and people want alabama to lose and people want alabama out uh they they would be favored over oregon they would be favored over utah but but i do think subliminally uh there there will be a thing hey you know what we left the pac-12 out uh, last couple of years might be a good idea to maybe, maybe if in case of it's close, uh, maybe give them an edge because they are a Power Five conference champ. I actually think the committee would have an easier time putting Utah in ahead of Oregon, ahead of Alabama, uh, just because it gets rid of that that Alabama Auburn Oregon kind of debate. It was interesting tonight to hear. Rob Mullins talked about the Penn State Minnesota scenario and how uh, yeah, Minnesota <laughs> head to head doesn't beat, matter. Yeah, yeah, Minnesota beat Penn State, but you know what? The common opponent between Iowa, Penn State won at Iowa, Minnesota lost. Like they, they, it shows that that's factoring in their mind, and maybe that would give um, Alabama an edge because they potentially would go to Jordan here and have that win over over Auburn that that, that Oregon didn't. It, 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 it's interesting, though. Know, I wonder if the committee is well again. They would never admit it, and you're talking about like uh, the, the, the overall vibe and health of the committee, like uh, wanting to put the Pac-12 champion in. I almost wonder if like they, they they're going to go to sleep on the night of December 6th, just being like, "Please let Georgia beat LSU. Please let Georgia beat LSU," <laughs> because then it's easy. And then then you yep. got Ohio State, Both Clemson, and, and they're all in, and there's no decision to be made. So uh, again, they they they'd never come out and say that, but but I wonder if. Uh, uh, if this push came to shove, that that would make their lives a heck of a lot easier if you knew you were getting both LSU, Georgia, and then Clemson, and Ohio State. Hey, okay, at- so let me ask you this: as a just as the handicapper looking ahead in here, 
where LSU is obviously the number one right now on resume. You can't, I mean, I, no matter what you think about Ohio State, on resume alone, you can't Correct. argue with it. But yep. if you look over the last 10 years of the playoff and BCS era, Auburn was the only team to win a national championship without a team ranked with a defense ranked in the top 20. And Ohio State in 14 was the only one to have a defense that wasn't ranked, also ranked in the top eight. And now you've got LSU whose defense is very, very suspect. Am I crazy to think that we're destined to have a sixth straight college football playoff where the number one seed doesn't not only doesn't doesn't win the college football playoff, uh, but this year probably doesn't get out of the semifinal. I I would think that I'm scared to death if I'm LSU, if you have to play Alabama again or Utah or Oregon, just because that defense all of a sudden has not shown up. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. You, you asked about the handicapper in me, and that like LSU would be an underdog versus Ohio State or Clemson. Like, like, like the, the, the the folks in Vegas that I've, uh, I've spoken to have said, like they would have uh, both Ohio State and and obviously still Alabama power-rated ahead of uh, LSU, even though Alabama did did lose that game at home. But I, I, in looking at the at, at the matchups, like I don't know if I don't know if Oregon or or, uh, or Utah could, could beat them. Uh, would they be able to get enough stops? Hey, look, look, the Utah defensive front is really good, and, and the Oregon defense has done, done wonders this year under Andy, Andy Avalos. But uh, I was looking at it. I, I, could you? I mean, the, the Alabama Michigan State year, maybe or maybe the Alabama Washington year. But uh, in terms of like the difference in matchups, like strengths. Uh, of matchup, like if you had Clemson, Ohio State, and like the two-three matchup, and then like LSU, Oregon, or LSU, Utah, and the one versus four, that would seem like a really significant edge uh, for the number one seed this year. But, uh, but I, I certainly would like uh, either Clemson or Ohio State's chances if they were to play LSU in the title game. That's for sure. So looking at this part of it, then, like looking for the value in the gambler or the or that side of it, where is their value? Is there a team that's out there right now that is no one's a long shot at this point, but one that's kind of being seen that their chances are better than maybe Vegas or someone's giving them credit for at this point? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think you could probably look look at it two ways. Uh, uh, I think you could look at Utah right now, uh, taking a shot at Utah to make the playoff. Uh, I know last week when I was on with a. Uh, Gil Alexander on decent. I was I was talking about. I wonder what the odds would be if they exist. And, I, and someone had said that Utah was still uh, plus six fifty as of last week to reach the playoff. And I said that, in my opinion, would be a good price because uh, they were going to be a massive favorite against the, uh, UCLA last week, and they blew them out. They're a massive favorite this week in Tucson. Uh, they're going to be a massive favorite next week over Colorado, and I think they'd be favored over Oregon in the Pac-12 championship game. And, and if they were to win, and the favorite scenario plays out, well as you were to beat Georgia in the SEC championship game, I think there would be a good chance uh, that the youth could get that number four spot. And then the other one is, I, I haven't done all the math in my head, and I don't know what uh, Georgia's price is to make the playoffs, and, and it might they might just be uh, a better money line play uh, in the SEC championship game uh, against LSU, depending on what the, what the price are to make the playoff right now. But but Georgia would be the other one. They're, they're, they're kind of forgotten. And, and I it, it, Georgia is like the lightning, even more so than Alabama, they are the lightning rod team for everybody. Everybody just remembers the loss to South Carolina, and it was a terrible, awful, inexcusable loss where Kirby didn't manage the game well, and they turned it over four times. And the best kick, one of the best kickers in college history, missed a kick that he's going to make uh, nine out of ten times, and they outgained him by the two to one margin. And it was and the I, only game all year Jake Fromm has thrown an interception in. <laughs> He threw three picks in that game and none against anybody else. It's ridiculous. And then so there's that. But then people are forgetting they got three wins like as good as anybody in the country has. Like LSU's got the three wins over Florida, Bama, and Auburn. Uh, Georgia's got wins over Notre Dame, Florida, and at Auburn. And they got if you, if you, you know the FTI, the Football Power Index, doesn't factor into the committee rankings, but they got six wins versus top forty teams, which is like no one has more. So Georgia's got a bunch of good wins, and anybody that's really like saying that they shouldn't be number four right now, I mean, I, I, I don't get it. Like their, their resume. Uh, goes up in terms of who they've beaten. I think certainly more than outweighs the uh, the, the really awful loss that they had uh, to South Carolina. And you know what people forget, and it's the argument against this, is Clemson a couple years ago, when Kelly Bryant got hurt on that Thursday night, they have the worst loss by anybody who made a college football playoff. That was a 
a four and eight Syracuse team, and Clemson was the number one seed. So to to go back to the the Georgia part of this, because this isn't a type of team that wings the ball all over the yard and isn't some super fun show like Alabama or LSU, and because it wins on tough defense and amazing line play, and they don't have this dynamic offense, are we completely underselling just how good Georgia is that, you know what, winning 24 to 10, not bad. It's not not sexy, but it's effective. They, they, too, I made the analogy uh, this this past uh, week to someone like they're 2009 Alabama is, with like higher profile recruits. That's basically what Kirby has built them into that version of Alabama, they're just dominant on both both lines of scrimmage, great running game, and try and score. And and that's why I would I give them a chance in a couple weeks against LSU. I really do. We saw. Sure. Auburn do a really good job, uh, at least in the first half, first three quarters of that game, uh, down in Baton Rouge, where, where they were really able to kind of met, met and slop up the pocket a little bit and get Burrow out and force him to make some throws. They did a good job as anybody uh, that LSU's played this year, and I think the Georgia defense is better. I think they're better in the secondary for sure, and and, and they certainly have a more uh, apt offensive line and a, and a running game in Swift to maybe control a little bit more of that clock and keep LSU off the field. So, uh, Georgia is not in without is not in without a chance uh, a couple weeks in Atlanta. I want to ask you about Kirby. Okay, so with, with – oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, I'm yeah, just going to ask it. about Kirby Smart real fast because he is one heck of a recruiter. I mean, you put him up there on a pedestal as, as high as just about anyone else in the game. But, God, it feels like every time I watch a Georgia – not every time. That's a little bit hyperbolic. But a lot of the time that I watch, the South Carolina thing happens. The Notre <laughs> Dame thing happens where they have that game won, and instead of going for it on fourth and six inches, he decides to kick a was a long field goal. Are you saying Kirby gets a little a little conservative and maybe takes the foot off the gas? Maybe I'm not saying he gets too conservative. If Justin no, Fields hits the that. open man, they beat Alabama last year. That was as non-conservative as he He had a guy wide open. He didn't see him. And that was the ultimate unconservative. I'm not saying he gets conservative, Sorry. but uh, Ronald Reagan looks like a liberal compared to him. <laughs> it's just I, that's the part that, that gets me of he's clearly – a very talented coach. He's the best thing that George has had. I mean, he's even surpassed what Mark Rick was able to do for sustainability there. It's just, I I, I get worried that the Kirby thing's going to happen, like happened in the SEC championship game, like almost happened against Notre Dame, like happened against South Carolina, and that's why I get hesitant on Georgia. You, you, you wonder, though, if psychologically, I'm just thinking about now, that the fact that the road wouldn't go through Alabama, like, like if that would help their psyche in that game. I mean, obviously they beat Auburn uh, in the SEC title game a couple of years ago uh, to avenge that loss. And, and I wonder if knowing that it's Alabama's not in their path, uh, if that would play there. Because it, it's going to be, it will be a significant home field advantage, I would think, in that building. Uh, in, in a couple of weeks, and knowing that if they get past LSU, uh, there is no Alabama ahead of them. That, that might that might might, might wind up uh, wind up working for them. I, I still don't know if they'd be good enough to uh, to beat Clemson and then Ohio State. And the uh, could, could you imagine that road to winning the national title? You, uh, you, you beat LSU in the SEC championship game, then you potentially uh, wind up playing uh, Ohio State or, uh, or Clemson in the in the semifinal, and you got to beat the other one in the uh, in the title game. That's uh, I'd like to see it. I'd like to, that'd be fun. So, okay, so last year at this time, it was Tua Tungaviola's Heisman. It was over. It was the Invitational. And then, obviously, he hurts the ankle, has the bad game, the SEC Championship game. Kyler Murray steps it up. Am I cre- in, ter- in terms of looking ahead handicapping-wise, even though it's really late in the game and everyone's always already handed Joe Burrow the Heisman, if he starts to falter at all... Justin Fields has this week's showcase game against Penn State. It's gonna he's gonna have the Michigan game. He's probably gonna have the Big Ten championship game. Jalen Hurts, you just saw him. He is the baddest mother in the country <laughs> when it comes to and he's having better stats and a better season in a lot of ways than Kyler did and Baker did. It, am I crazy to think that the Heisman race just isn't over yet? I I, I can I see your viewpoint and I know Stanford Steve actually is on the uh to, to take a shot at Justin Fields at eight to one uh, Express as well. So I mean, you, you guys both see it. I I think it's I think it's over. I mean, I, I guess I'm I'm assuming that they 
they, they beat A&M next week, and even with the loss in the SEC championship game, that uh, he's still been really, really good and dynamic this year. And, and I think a lot of people might have their minds made up. But, I mean, you can make a case for, for Justin Fields that if maybe LSU doesn't win the SEC championship, and if Ohio State were to blow out Penn State this week, go to Ann Arbor and win the week after that, win the Big Ten title, then that's that's a pretty good three-game stretch right there. The only, the only thing with Jalen, and maybe it won't come into play this year, is that I just don't know if, if they're going to get close enough uh, to the top four like both Baker and Kyler Murray had the last couple of years. Uh, I think where they are, uh, I, I think they're probably boxed out of the playoff right now based on the uh, the Pac-12 and the Big Ten teams being ahead of them if they are. Uh, but, but look, Buck, he's built up a, a ton of, of goodwill over the last year uh, with, with how he handled the Tua situation, uh, the transfer, uh, leading the, the Alabama back in that SEC title game last year, just how he's conducted himself, and then to go to Oklahoma and show that he can throw the ball and he's not just a runner and and, and take out the Samuel L. Jackson Wallace of Pulp Fiction last week like he did in Waco. <laughs> and uh, there, there are people that, that will vote for him. So uh, while I, I would think that Joe Burrow ultimately will win, it, it's one of those right now where the price is so ridiculous on the uh, – uh, on the yes, no, that may be the uh, it is worth a shot to take uh, with, with a couple of the other guys. So, what's the one thing that we're missing in the college football playoff thing that that two weeks from now we're going to look back on and say, you know what, we probably should have paid more attention to these games <sighs> in the desert. You know, Arizona State and Arizona. Maybe maybe we should have thought, you know, oh yeah, of course Oklahoma State was going to finish off Oklahoma, or of course Texas A&M was going to, you know, rise up and do something. What's the one thing that two weeks from now we're going to look back on and say, yeah, we should have seen that coming? It, 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 I think it could be Saturday with, with Oregon. Uh, if you go back the last couple of years, uh, last year they went to Tucson and got absolutely ambushed. Uh, but by Arizona, lost as a big favorite. Uh, two years ago, went to Tempe, were over north of a two-touchdown favorite, lost to the Sun Devils. I, I, they have not played well on the road in the state of Arizona uh, the last couple of times they've gone down there. And uh, it would just be like Arizona State coming off of a really uh, disappointing performance in Corvallis last week. It's a favorite, uh, blowing that two-point conversion. Now you come home with a young team that's been up and down all year. They pulled one big upset in East Lansing this year. Uh, they've been really good as an Really good as an underdog. Beat, beat what Washington last year was a big underdog. Like, like they, they have beaten teams that they should have no business beating. And uh, it would not surprise me if uh, if it was Oregon goes down there to Tempe on Saturday night and really is in for a uh, for for, for a, uh, a, a tough one. I, I don't know if the uh, the Arizona defense is able to stop like us three and just seven or eight other guys that we pick up and just start throwing the ball around right now. So I don't know if if Utah, Utah can go down to Tucson and lose, but, but but the Oregon game I think is definitely something to watch on Saturday. I get flashbacks to 2007 what? when I think Oregon and Arizona because oh. I bet that oh. Oregon team oh. every week, all year, making money left and right. Then the Dennis Dixon thing happens. I talked myself into betting against Oregon in the Sun Bowl that year, and I think I doubled my oh. losses in them versus everything that I one in the seven or eight weeks leading up to it. You, you, you know what's funny when, you, when I think about 2007, like, I mean, that was Heisman Trophy, that was national title, that was everything. We were actually in Eugene for the Arizona State game the week before the Arizona game. And I remember standing on the sideline watching that game and, and seeing that, and like, you know, it didn't look like, it looked like Dixon kind of hurt himself there. And, and he wasn't right. And it just like it was like this bad feeling. I'm like, he and then he comes out in that game with the brace, and they were, oh no, he's fine, he's fine, he's fine. And then obviously, he wasn't fine, and uh, it, it just went. But that was that was an Oregon team that was headed to the uh, to the national championship game, and Dennis Dixon was going to win the Heisman Trophy, and that was a that was re- it was really hard to see just because you hate you hate. I mean, it's, it's been what I mean. It took Oregon what another uh, three or four years to get back to that level, and then. Uh, another three or four after that. So they, they, they don't get shots every year. And for them to have what would have been a really, really good chance, because that was that wild year where all the number one teams wound up losing. And it was, who, who would have they played in the, in the title game? Would they played Ohio State? Would like, I mean, that was, uh, they, they were the best team in, in, in the country, one healthy. And then, uh, 
And then when Dixon got hurt, everything went bad. Yeah, so real fast before we let you go, Chris, and appreciate taking the time. Who's the baddest mf -er you've ever seen then? Mm, Needs to be one of your shows. Ed, 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 Ed Reed is was, is, was the man. I mean, he he was. I mean, I, I'm, I'm kind of a. Uh, if you want to say that, because I went to Miami, so obviously I'm going to appear to be Homer. But 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 Ed Reed was was just a bad man. Uh, if, if you want me to go with someone other than Miami, Al Wilson. Al Wilson. When when you looked on the field and you saw Al Wilson, he was just like a different level player. Uh, than everybody, the, the intensity, his ability just to make plays, rush the pay. He, he could do it all in that. And, and, and that 98 Tennessee team had some dudes on it. But, uh, but, but, but 27 with the big shoulder pads and the, and the neck roll, uh, that, that, that was my guy. Well, Chris, this was great. We definitely appreciate you taking the time. We'll be checking it out on game day, and we'll be checking it out on Twitter as well throughout the week and throughout all the college football season. Definitely. Great, great talking. You'll see it again soon. Not the biggest slate of games this weekend in college football, but obviously an elimination weekend in some capacity for certain teams that are still in this college football playoff. Watcher, at least in the running for a college football playoff berth. The big one of this weekend. Yeah, it's an elimination game, especially for Penn State as they travel on the road. They're going to Columbus, Ohio to take on Ohio State. To me, this one has like a reality check coming for Penn State of, all right, you've been a nice story. Your defenses look good for the most part with some lapses against Minnesota. But in this one, I think this is where Ohio State kind of comes out and reminds everyone that, yeah, we're not too happy about getting bumped down in the ratings, even if it's entirely justified. And here's why we think we're the best team in the country. Yeah, and is Penn State that great? I mean, it's they they got a whole lot of love by getting by Michigan, who woke up in the second half in there, but for a, a dropped pass might have pulled that off. They got a whole lot of love for slipping by Iowa. They beat Pitt, and you know they're they're fine, but they're not crushing teams. I mean, they crushed Michigan State, and that doesn't seem like that's that big a deal anymore. They struggled against Indiana. I think that with Mr. Young back uh, for Ohio State, uh, this is where the, it's a little bit of muscle flexing time. And I would like to see a close game. I would hope I, I want to see what Ohio State has to do when it has to be stress tested a little bit. But I don't think that's happening. I think Ohio State wins in a walk. Yeah, I think they win in a walk there. I think that Michigan makes things a little interesting against them a week from now. But Ohio State ultimately pulls away in the second half in that one. I think they roll, whether it's Wisconsin or Minnesota, that they play in the Big Ten championship game. And I think that uh, their only question is if, if their wins were impressive enough to catch LSU and be number one by the end of the year because I don't see Ohio State losing. Not only that, I don't see Ohio State being played within two touchdowns in any of these games coming up. No, I think they're they're rolling through this thing. I, I, Michigan's going to be a, an interesting one because no one's going to think because now it's the, I was going to say the shoes on the other foot and go cliche on you here. Or last year it was like, oh yeah, Michigan's going to win this thing because they were coming in rolling in hot. Ohio State's struggling a little bit. Now it's you know everyone's going to have the narrative of well Harbaugh's finally got to beat Ohio State, but not really because Ohio State's probably going to annihilate P Penn State. It's going to be a twenty something point favorite, so the pressure is going to be off. And Michigan's playing really really well right now but that's for next week yeah that's for next week we'll break that all down next week rivalry weekend next week ahead of the uh, the college football the the conference championships the following week but that's all to come next week for sure the only game worth watching in the sec this week i know that we can't ever say anything negative here pete at least i know your program not to about the sec but uh, I know I'm going to stun you here. I know, I know I'm going to shock you. But the only game worth watching this week in that conference, it's not Western Carolina and Alabama. It somehow isn't actually the other games going on there, whether it's UT Martin and Kentucky and that traditional rivalry that's going on. Number one, LSU and Arkansas. Oh, wait, Arkansas isn't actually a uh, – they they are an SEC team. That is an in-conference game, even though they play like they're awful. Texas oh, you mock, but I, you, you do want to see Western Carolina just to see no, if Mac I Jones don't. goes 18 of 20 or not. I don't. I, I, I'll check the box they, score later on. I don't need to watch that game live, but then again, there's not a whole lot else to watch live this week being the problem. You and your anti-ACC bias. I just SEC bias. You're right. There's not a lot there, but you know, everyone dogs. I just hate this week. That they, I don't get it. 
Well, I do, because if they played these games in week one, no one would say boo about it. And they're cupcake paycheck games at the end of the year instead of the beginning. So, all right, you know what? At the end of the day, Alabama, they, you know, fine, they play Duke, but usually they don't duck anybody. And they have that big game against Auburn at the end of the rainbow. Kentucky always plays uh, Louisville at the end. Florida always plays Florida State. Georgia always plays Georgia Tech. So there are big games coming up for these teams. And usually they do play some decent out-of-conference games. So I do give them a break. It just happens to be they're playing these games now and not on August 29th or something. I guess so. But there's a lot of Alabama that, all right, we're going to go to Atlanta. We're not going on the road and taking on anyone. And I know they have a home-and-home scheduled with Wisconsin in a couple of years. And I forget, Georgia just scheduled a home-and-home with Ohio State, I believe it was. So there is good, competitive, compelling football coming. But, I mean, when you look at, like, at Alabama's case, it, in recent years, it's, all right, if you're playing someone, you're playing them in Atlanta, and that's going to be where the test is. You're not going on the road to so take on So whose fault anyone. is but, – but whose fault is that? I mean, like, I, I, that's, a, that's a common beef by all the other, you know, play, uh, fans of other teams. Well, it's like, well, tell your athletic director to, you know, step up. You know, tell them to tell them to you know, grow a pair and say no. You're coming to our house, and if the SEC doesn't want to come, all right. Well, that's part of the deal then. But it's part of don't the deal. It's kind of what it is. Yeah, that's kind of the problem. Well, then that don't it has been. then don't schedule the game in Atlanta and play someone else. It's that's, you know what do you you know what do you want? If you're the SEC, you don't have to do it. Then why would you do it? I uh, well, yeah, because he got it all programmed that anything that the SEC does is just fantastic and great, and it's on another level. Is the way that it it is actually presented. fantastic and great and not another level. Uh, it, that, see, that's the problem. To a degree. You're, you mock, but no, yet yeah, to the degree that the SEC is just better than the other conferences, at least in terms of talent. So, like, where's the I, – I, I've never understood this. I don't care about the SEC. I didn't grow up in it. I've never been around it. SEC people are annoying at times. But their number they, – they just dominate recruiting. They get more talent than anybody else. They send more players to the NFL than anybody else. There's just more talent in that league. And for some reason, that just is like, oh, well, the SEC, it's always anti-SEC bias. Goes, well, yeah, because they got better players than everyone well, else. Well, because the problem is for me, and it goes back to kind of the discussion we had earlier on, is that the only thing we end up having for the most part at the end of the day is it's either one game like Auburn in Oregon where Oregon simply just fumbled at the goal line, what, twice in that season opening game. They shot themselves in the foot with a missed field goal in that game. And Auburn, by the skin of their teeth, complete a miracle pass just about as time expires and they walk out with a win. And other than that, it's a lot of, oh, yeah, well, the SEC is great because of the players like Texas A&M goes and they I know they're not where they need to be in their kind of rebuild and revamp that's going on under Jimbo Fisher. You're dogging te- the SEC because they, Texas A&M lost to Clemson? They, it got destroyed and Clemson didn't even play that well. But you don't have a sample of like where is this great, impressive SEC dominance outside of conference play because then it gets to the bowl season and it's just like what we talked about. Georgia goes to the Sugar Bowl. They're disappointed in being there instead of the playoff, and it's, all right, well, we're not interested. We can go and let Texas run all over us, and it doesn't matter because we weren't interested. It's just there's not for the actual resume of here's your big wins, here's your big-time prime opponents that you knock off. It's a conference that's a lot more reputation-based than it is actual LSU, Georgia, Florida, Auburn, Alabama. Give me f- another conference that goes five deep like that. Oh, uh, okay. Like in Auburn has their win over, over. They just talked Oregon. about Oregon over Oregon this year, and Georgia has the win over Notre Dame. Florida beat Miami to start the oh, season. Oh boy, congratulations! Like that's that's huge. Well, that's a that's a game. That's it, Miami. That's right. a rivalry thing. Technically, it's a, it's a game. You're right. That's they get a they that's get credit a, that's for a win. win in it. Yes. You're what, do you, right. what, do you, what do you want? They play. They booked Florida in the August 24th. They went out and beat them. Yeah. And they still got to play Florida State to end. It's not like they're ducking teams. It's not their fault that those teams stink. I understand that, but Florida also me, again. Team. Go five. Go okay. I'll give you this. Go three deep in any conference. I'm giving you. Five, I've got five teams in the SEC. Go three deep that can match up. I have at least two in the Pac-12 with Oregon and Utah. You don't have Oregon because Oregon is as lost to the fifth best team in the SEC. They lost to them on a fluke play on a fluke game. 
it's, they I get lost it. on to the fifth. That's to, it, I, right. I, I don't. I I, see, this is my beef. I'm not again. I don't love the SEC, and I hate being that person that has to do. I wish the Sun Belt was awesome. I wish you know. I wish the Pac-12 would be the best conference in college football. But the problem is that everyone goes defaults to the same sort of thing. Oh, the SEC. Everyone loves it. The bias. Well, yeah, okay, but there's a reason for it. And it's not it's not just because, well, the fault of the SEC. It's just they've got better players. They've got better teams, at least up top. Yes, some of their you know, bad teams are really bad this year. Missouri, you know, is bad. Or Arkansas is bad. You know, Mississippi State, bad. But those teams at the top are really, really good. Yeah, and you're right. They are really, really good. But it's just like when you don't have – you have it's two wins out it's of annoying. conference right now for Georgia – and you have a nice, a very nice win for Auburn. Otherwise, it's a whole lot of just reputation-based. It's SEC, so it's got to be great. And it just doesn't... LSU went to Texas. And yeah, beat Texas, Texas. We just talked about how Texas is no damn good this year. So where's it? Who has a good win then? Give like who? Give me some other team from another conference that's got this, you know, great, amazing, not you know, win that you're looking for. Well, the beating I... Texas at Texas is pretty good. Uh, it's okay. It, like Texas, yes, it's, historically it's good. it's good, but it's not That's anything. A good, it, it, what else you got? Give me. I'm giving you at Texas. I'm giving you Miami. I went over Miami. I'm giving you Oregon. I'm giving. I'm sure I'm missing something else basic here. That uh, Georgia, Notre Dame. That you don't like that. Mr. No, that's Fighting what I was Irish saying. Wire. Yeah, you have you have so you your get, wins in Georgia and you have your wins in in uh, Auburn right now. I. The Miami thing I struggle with. Okay, they're they're a name team in Miami, but that's what you have come with the win with over Florida else. right now. Come up, fight, come bring another conference that's done anything that's remotely okay. comparable. Clemson. I know the ACC sucks, but Clemson goes and they schedule Texas A and M and they send them into next century, even though Clemson didn't play well. Who Texas A and M? Yeah, Clemson did. Yeah, the. T- they beat them. They didn't destroy them. Yes, it they was, did. They a, played horribly, and they still were up by 24-10. Texas A&M covered. It's all yeah. that matters. We're all that, good. That's right. That was a fun game to watch in terms of teams uh, playing their so ass fine. off so strictly that, so for great. the, so the best. So the best team you've got is the defending undefeated national champion that's going to be the three seed in the college football playoff, was able to beat probably the sixth best team in the SEC by 14 points at home. Okay. Whoop-dee-doo. All right. And you have Ohio State then in the Big Ten, who's as good as anyone in the country i know lsu's resume yeah, is better and, and, but, but then you have they, and who they beaten and who cincinnati is probably their best win right nothing special okay there. please move on okay. again group of five program whoop-de-doo right penn state is in there pit yay whoop yay they right. beat Pitt because but hey, Pitt if you're weird. gonna if you're gonna say miami's a win for florida then you gotta give me Pitt for penn state in-state rivalry your, early on in the year. Your is your pain. Just stop. I'm not I, stopping. I'm not, I don't make me do this. I'm not just, making it, you, you do it. I'm just noting. You're, I'm you're just noting, noting what? I'm you're just noting, noting. You're noting. You're not, just admit that the SEC is the best conference in college football I by a mile. I don't doubt it's the best, but I don't see like this. Then what this are we gap doing of like here? SEC is. Oh my God! It's running laps around everyone but else. But it is. But it's. But not. it is. How did that SEC champion? Okay, then who the is co- that second the... best conference? Who is that second best conference? Uh, Again, gotta be the I've Big given 10. you five. I'm gonna give me. I'm gonna throw Texas A&M in there. I've now got oh six God. teams. That just blow through every every. I okay. I'll do this. Go through all, I'll give you all five. What is I will Texas give you A&M all one? five. That's my sixth best team. I, I will know. give you all five Power Five conferences. Create your super conference out of those other five power. Uh, other four. I'm sorry. Power Five conferences. I'll give you Ohio State. I will give you Clemson, and keep going. Give me go six deep. And that's what you're going to have to – and you're still have a problem battling with the SEC in terms of depth. Okay, so Oregon, if you're going to – You're going to tell me that I get the Oklahoma, talents eh. of six teams that aren't in the SEC versus the best six in the SEC? Oh, Go. Ohio State, Clemson, yes, sure. Oregon. They have as yep. good offensive line as anyone. They have a first Lost round. to Auburn, so there's okay. your number five. All right. Worst. Okay. Yeah, on a fluky, fluky game where they self Yeah, no, but so they lost to them, so you can't you can't argue that. this. They lost but to them. But, hey, the college football playoff committee already told me losses and head-to-head games don't matter, Pete. We went over that already. All right, but you're still, you can't Oklahoma, do it. Again, you're making me argue. Uh, you're making me argue that the sky is blue. 
I know that Oklahoma gets no love from uh, from the committee, but Oklahoma I would assuredly put in that conversation. I know that I God, I'm gonna hate myself for doing this. And who is Oklahoma beaten? Really, Baylor. It's all right, fine. Yes. I'll give it to you. It's, but still, you're you're stretching. You're taking the absolute best of the best, cream of the crop programs from the other four conferences just to kind of barely match up with teams in the SEC. I could put Wisconsin, like you, you, you Michigan in that conversation. It's not that crazy. It's really not for when you get down to the. You're taking the, but you're taking. Oh, I'm giving you all four other conferences versus one conference. I understand that, but also like. It's just what are you, so. What are you arguing here? So I'm your just, argument I'm just is that, that just that the SEC is it great? Yes. Is the SEC ten miles ahead of everyone else? No, it's not. Okay, who give me that? Give me the one conference the Big Ten. that it's not ten miles ahead of the Big Ten. No, you're telling. Look, you're, you're you telling have, me that you have Michigan, team, Ohio State, behind the, you have as good a team in Ohio State as there is in this country. And I know LSU's absolutely. resume is better, but Ohio State has as much. Talent no, absolutely not. No as beef. Clemson, no beef. As absolutely. Alabama, as anyone that's out there. You have very yeah. good teams in Penn State, in Michigan, mm. in Wisconsin yeah. that aren't great. I think yeah. Minnesota, I yeah. still, I'm not yeah. convinced that Minnesota's quite on par yet, but hey, Which, they're 91. Yeah, I'm not so convinced. I'm, I, I'm saying this as Bucky Badger. Wisconsin's not that great either. Um, it's it, No, but they're fine. But it's it's just, it just is it sucks i'm not not happy about it and i just it's i don't like falling back on that argument anywho but we've bored people enough with this. that's right so what's any, any worry for uh, your former team of the year in texas a&m or, or they have any chance whatsoever of upsetting and ruining things in athens georgia absolutely because georgia does not score uh, a ton of points and again to the the point of texas a&m look at their losses i mean their schedule is absolutely Ridiculous. I mean, they lost at Clemson, they lose to Alabama, and they lose to Auburn, and they still get to play this Georgia team. And it's it's a brutal, brutal slate. They've got to show up, but they keep they keep the game slow and low. Georgia doesn't score a lot. It's going to be a low-scoring game. Have a chance of pulling this off. That's Pete Futek. I'm Nick Shepkowski. Big thanks to our guy, Chris Felica, the Bear from College Game Day, for joining us and talking some college football earlier this evening. It's the Week 12 edition of the College Football News Podcast. We'll be back again next week to recap everything from uh, this pretty uneventful-seeming weekend coming and preview rivalry week. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and uh, share this podcast with your college football friends. For Pete Futek, I'm Nick Shepkowski. Have a great weekend, and we'll talk again next week.